Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a Top of the Charts Tuesday and also Valentine's Day edition of Ball Don't Lie. Top of the Charts Tuesday, we play jams that reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. And Patrick, who is dead inside when it comes to Valentine's Day, um, didn't really make it a Valentine's Day theme Top of the Charts Tuesday. But... Can you I complain like about this? No, I'm not complaining it's, at all. This is, this is some classic Ohio players. I'm not complaining at all. This is a jam. And you always do a great job of music. I'm just saying for those <laughs> who are out there who are expecting Valentine's Day theme songs, we're not getting that Valentine's Day theme songs. I appreciate it. Top no, of the I mean, maybe have Texas basketball show up and I'll be in a better mood today. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and also Patrick's not into Valentine's Day. And a lot of you out there are not into Valentine's Day, and I totally get it. I totally understand it. Um, even some people in relationships hate Valentine's Day. It's just one of those things. Either you like it or you don't. I don't really care about it. It ain't one of my things. But all the people I date um, and Women I date, but I, people, all right, yeah. Uh, but I, they've all been dated. Uh, dated. Dated. Don't don't say the ones that you date. You know, Freudian slip right there. No, it's not a fool from a not a Freudian slip. All right, just a mistake. I misspoke. Misspoke. No, there I'm it not is. Currently dating any women? Actually, no. I take that back. I'm dating a woman. I'm dating my wife. That's right. You supposed yes. to. I keep. I'm still dating her. I, I got it. some flowers. Today. I dig. It. Um, but yeah, uh, but they're all into Valentine's Day. So I've kind of gotten into. I've been programmed. No, yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Every time in a relationship, I make a big deal out of it, whether they want me to or not. And um, you don't have to do that. That's but why the success is so good for you, man. Just make sure you good treat. track record. Yeah, say, make them feel special on this yeah. special day. And, like, and you like know, it. Patrick's like, F this damn day. <laughs> uh, F them pics. <laughs> F them pics. F Valentine's <laughs> them Day. Um, all right. Uh, but he's not playing any jams. I will ask you this, though, because I've heard, um, I heard Zay and Chad. Zay was playing a lot of uh, what could be classified as hookup songs. Oh, yeah. Maybe baby-making music, whatever you want to call it. That's where I would lean. Here's my theory on baby-making music and uh, the greatest hookup songs of all time. I believe the goat of hookup songs is Marvin Gaye because he's got two that are probably in everybody's top ten, if not top five. Yeah, it might be. Right? I'm, I'm a, yeah. He's got he's got sexual, sexual healing, healing and let's get it on. And they're if they're if one of them is bad, definitely that I think both are probably creep into everybody's top ten of hookup songs or all time great baby making jams. I would also go out there and jump on the Key Sweat brand wagon when it you comes to You gonna go play Key Sweat to Marvin Gaye? I'm gonna say that some You wanna do that? Some that's like comparing Randall Cunningham to Patrick Mahomes. I do want to do it because it depends on what you're listening to. What is that? Some you people can, have a different flow. You can do it. But Everybody can look at Marvin Gaye and say, oh, yeah, Marvin is the man. But other you, you, people can say Luther. Other people can say. But, but I, just, I just said top ten. What Keith Sweat, does he have two that would be in most people's top ten all-time great gems? Make it last forever. You don't like that one? I, not in the top ten. Okay. Top 10? Okay. You got Keith Sweat in your top 10 versus everybody else's top 10 doesn't mean that everybody likes the the same same music. You got Keith Sweat and Marvin Gaye in the same category. Maybe maybe some people don't listen to Marvin Gaye. But this is Keith Sweat for him is nostalgia as well. I, I listen, I remember Keith Sweat. No, no, I know, but but when Keith Sweat was recording this stuff, when Harge was was the man in the 254. But that's my point. Keith Sweat is not transcendent. People still know Marvin Gaye to this day. Most people. 
Most kids don't know T Sweat. They have no idea. And you can play that song for Chad. You play that song for Chad. Chad didn't know who the hell T Sweat was. You play Marvin Gaye for Chad. Chad go. Oh, I know that. Yeah, that's. No, you can. I'm saying you play that same game with everybody out there, and your key sweat theory will die on the freaking vine. See, this is like, I'm nobody, jump on that vine with him. There, most people won't know that. But yeah. I'm saying, in terms of being transcendent, Marvin Gaye stuff has transcended for like 50 years now. Yeah, I, I'll go with. And Harge, <laughs> I'm with you, is because yeah. I'm an old soul. So when I play, I play music, and then but I was with girls my age that they would be like, "Do you have anything?" I'm like, "It's Prince." Like you can't, you don't like Prince. Prince like, is definitely Prince is in the mix. Prince yeah. is Prince, great. Prince is yeah. up there, and you know, whoever just said R. Kelly, get out of here. Yeah, we're I mean, not come on doing now. that no more. We're not playing any of that. Come on no now. And listen, I, look, R. Kelly has some good stuff. Oh, yeah, he he R. Kelly did have some actually, I'm I, not gonna say R. Kelly's not. His, some of his songs are in there. I'll just say that you're not allowed to praise R. Kelly's <laughs> talent anymore. Look, you, I'm not putting R. Kelly <laughs> on the playlist. Move R. Kelly around. I'm not putting R. Kelly on the playlist because I don't want to be done and then that play and then have to have a conversation. Afterwards, yeah. about why this is on my playlist. That uh, is true, Patrick. I really love the way you put your playlist together. But why is R. Kelly still uh, on there, Patrick? Okay. Do you believe you can fly still? <laughs> yeah, it was on Space Jam. <laughs> Come on, <laughs> that should not be the jam you're playing with R. Kelly. I know, I know. If you are deciding to play R. Kelly, <laughs> but at you shouldn't wedding, even I play it. I guess at, at my wedding we danced to "I'll Give All My Love to You" as well. That's that's a good jam. Yeah. Okay, yeah. so I guess the question is. Give me your like give the artist who you think gives you the best uh, hookup songs. Ooh, that's uh, yeah, that's a lot. And honestly, you could argue, honestly, unfortunately, the guy we were just talking exactly. about, he used to be <laughs> he was on the list. like a goat in that category. Now he was know. like, man, that boy did his thing yeah. on that thing he right there. Drop off like Deshaun Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh, anyway, let's talk about Super Bowl, gentlemen, here. But anyway, yeah, Valentine's Day. Give me, yeah, stop missing R. Kelly, please, on the Spec Sex line. Give me other people other than R. Kelly, all right? They're doing the R. Kelly <laughs> from great. Dave Chappelle uh, skit. <laughs> yeah, and we'll talk, Luther, Luther Vandross getting Luther, some love on it, too. sure, Luther definitely gets Big some love. Big Luther, though. Not skinny Luther. Not skinny Luther. <laughs> Not skinny That's Luther. also a difference. Yeah, we got Luther Vandross got, like, a ton of these. Yeah, skinny skinny, skinny Luther is not. Yeah, he's not the one. Yeah, and Barry Barry White's not top ten. Like he doesn't have two in the top ten, but he's got he's got at least like three in the top thirty. I do. Yeah, Barry White's got a few. You're right about that. Barry White's from Galveston. Any any like Texas? Yeah, from Galveston, I believe. That's why I love Barry White because every Barry White song is that song. Like it is. And even if it's unintentional, it's because of his voice. All of, automatically, you start looking at them a little bit different. I agree with you on that. Yeah, it's There's no strictly. song that cannot be seductive and all my little sexual when Barry White's right. speaking to you, even to men. Exactly. Like, man, heterosexual, yeah. homosexual, LGBTQ, don't matter. WXYZ. If, if, if you listen to Barry White, yeah. he's, he's seducing you. Yo, for <laughs> sure. I don't care what you identify with. He's talking to you, you and he's trying start, to get it on. You start <laughs> unbuttoning your shirt. Yeah. Exactly. I'm like, am I supposed to? Oh, what like, is happening? I'm what? like, wait a minute. Why, why am I getting why, why, all why, heated why around Why is it warm here? in here? Why are my shoes off? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Teddy Pendergrass. That's good. Yeah. Teddy P. Turn them off. Teddy P. Yeah. is in that conversation, What about too. Boys to Men, they said? Boys to Men does. They got a little song called I'll Make Love to You, which is great. Yeah. Uh, which is weird because four, four guys singing it to the same girl, which is a little weird, but. <laughs> <laughs> hey, if you're into that kind of thing, nothing wrong with that, by yeah. the way. Uh, all right, let's get to some Super Bowl review here. Uh, and Patrick, could you please have the sound of um, Andy Reid talking to Peter King ready, please? Because it is fantastic. It is really good. It's part of our kind of Super Bowl review of the review. Um, <clears throat> but I want to have a conversation about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes together. 
Because mm-hmm. I was thinking to myself, can we identify as sports fans here? And let, let's go just past football. Let's go past football. Let's go to any other major sports you can identify. Have we found a better marriage? Huh? Valentine's Day. Shout Hello. out. Better, better marriage of scheme and talent than Andy Reid and Patrick Holmes. And I think, obviously, Michael Jordan and you know Phil Jackson with his triangle offense it was beautiful. It was perfect. It, you know, I mean, it made obviously that that worked. I'm talking about so you can identify a scheme that was either created or popularized by that coach, and then a player that became all time great within his system and his scheme. Joe Montana, of course, in the conversation. Yeah. Kurt with Warner, Bill Walsh. Mike Martz. Kurt Warner, I love that. Yes, that's no a great doubt. One. That's a great that's one a great right one. there. Right, totally agree. That's a yeah. as a at money. It's not, a, it's not many that I would say I would put over Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid, yeah. though, other than, I mean, Bill Walsh's West Coast offense, hell, you know, it, it, Joe Montana and Steve Young, and then aside from that, right, quarterbacks right. after that. So, it, yeah, he in terms of the macro, Bill Walsh in the West Coast offense, of course, trumps all. But I'm Bush. talking about just one specific player, athlete, with one specific system and what they accomplish together. Is this just Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson? I'm serious. I'm not joking about this crazy. Yeah, I know. I, put, I don't know I hockey do very like, well. Find I, me I hockey. Think, if you, you know what I mean? I'm, so I'm not trying to diss Wayne the Gretzky. Reason I put, Find me the hockey comparison now, and I will... You know. I, I'll put the Kurt Warner Mike Martz up there I because like, they I were like both not good without each other. Like they both struggled afterward. Like Mike Martz when definitely never elsewhere. did anything else. Oh, you're just saying that. So in that yeah. in that aspect of they worked so well together that that offense was so dynamic. The greatest show. And then on they dirt. both went off Turf. and struggled. Kurt Warner did do it again he did in Arizona. Go to Super Bowl. He did so go on Super Bowl yeah. in Arizona. That's a good point though about Mike but Martz. I will put them up there as a really good because of how good that team was. That's a great point. You know, baseball's got these. I'm sure, Harge. Like, I mean. Not yeah. really. Really? Not really. The only way you can look at it is probably Bobby Cox and his group with the Atlanta Braves because he had those great pitching staffs. Mm. And you bring in different players and, and you can they, – they were, they were homegrown too. Yeah. So, yeah, in baseball I would look at it and say the Atlanta Braves because of what they did as a group. You had Greg Maddox. You had yeah. Tom Glavin, Steve mm. Avery. Um, you brought in Chipper Jones, obviously, and then you had everybody that was playing mm. in the outfield, Ryan Klesko, Dave Justice, mm. Ron Gant, guys that you brought up within your system. I could say, yeah, you might be right with that, and you could say it would be Bobby mm. Cox. That would be the only way that I would look at it would be Bobby Cox. And then, and you, had, then you had multiple guys like, rotating had, in. Yeah. Like, I apologize for you know, ignorance if another sport – no, Soccer, no, you're not. Hockey. You guys hit us up on the spec text line, 512 337 3776. I'm legitimately Jeter and Joe up. with the Yankees. Yeah. You, I mean, you let me know. Is that, I mean, is that system that. Well, because a lot of people think that Jeter, because he was on the Yankees, he, that's how he became a great dominant player. If he would have been on a different team, mm. they don't think he would have been as great. Okay. I mean, that's, that's okay. kind of how it looks out. All right. But, I thought he was a great player. I thought I played against him. I knew exactly what he was about. So the work he was putting in was something different. But I do like that thought process of Joe Turi and Derek Jeter. But I'm going more of the style with what yeah. the Atlanta Braves did for because that was every year. Yeah, they were they were winning divisions. They weren't winning the World Series, but they had enough. And that's where I think the difference would be. The they were winning the World Series. And um, the Braves were not. Yeah, I mean, I would even except somebody I, I, said Tim Duncan and Pop. 
That's good too. That one's good too. That's good. Yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. that's why I really want to open it up because that's great. Actually, the yeah, I, I, great. I, I think great. the Michael Jordan one's interesting because that was one where Jordan basically he was like, "I'm, I'll retire if you get rid of Phil Jackson. I'll retire." Yeah. yeah. Like I'm not playing for another coach. Mm-hmm. And so that one's interesting, just in the fact of that he literally basically walked away from the game because they were going to fire because uh, Kraus didn't get along with Phil Jackson, and so they were like, "Well, we're getting rid of him anyway." And Michael's like, "Cool, I'm out." Like I'm yeah. not playing for another coach. Yeah, no, and, 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 and that's a great point. And, and people are bringing up Belichick Brady. I agree with the Belichick Brady thing. I can't identify the system that Brady played in. Yeah, though. I can't identify because they changed systems so much. Yeah. That's the beauty of Belichick's formula or uh, his blueprint. Is hell, Belichick played in a different set. I can identify like four different ones right now. Hell, he played in the when they played heavy twelve personnel when they had Gronk and Aaron Hernandez in yep, there. Yep. Remember, and then at one point they went spread and hurry up offense because they were copying the Chip Kelly model for a mm-hmm. little while. Hell, when they went up against the Rams, they were playing the second amount of twenty one personnel with an old school fullback like yep. the like the San Francisco Forty ers were doing. When early on he was a game man, I can't identify. The system to go, he's playing in that system, and now he's flourishing in that system of that coach. And Belichick is a is Belichickian and, and having experience in more than one phase of the game, but he's playing, you know, I mean, he's a defensive coach for the most part. And I know he had Josh McDaniels there, and he had Bill O'Brien there as offensive coordinators. And it'd be different if he played in a very similar style system the entire time. They changed everything. Yeah. So if you want to say culture, that's a culture. That's different. I'm looking for the actual a system, so maybe we can add another component to this thing about the culture. But to me, that's a little different than the system. The system yeah. changed all the time. That's the beauty of it. You can never keep up with the you can never keep up with the Belichick system and the Brady system because it changed every other year. They kept it fresh. That's why they were able to to to, to you know to make the championship window so long. They extended so long. Yeah. If they were the same uh, offense the entire time, they wouldn't have made it that long. So I, with with Brady and then he goes to the Bucks and wins a freaking Super Bowl in his first year. Yeah, and that's, <laughs> right? and that's so where like, everybody like, throws that out the yeah, window. So it's, it's like, like it's I don't more know. about the quarterback. We going with system there? Yeah. Are we going with just Brady? Just a freaking goat? Like just it. a badass? Yeah. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I don't. I, it's hard for me to, to 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 link the two. I'm trying to directly link the system and the player. And Andy Reid as it runs a certain type of system with. With Patrick Mahomes, Doesn't, and it's his offense, and he right. caught, well, him and Eric Bieniemy, but for we, now, <laughs> we, for we, now, you know, and it's Andy Reid's system. And it's, yeah, players. no, no matter what. <clears throat> but I sit and I'll, I'll go back to that pop situation. They ran pretty much the exact same, and they were a dynasty for a long time. And, yep. But they also had ancillary pieces that would that are now Hall of Famers. Yeah, right? I think I think Tim Tony and Manu are even better examples of that just because both those like Tim Duncan was going to be Tim Duncan. Yeah. yeah. But he became better because of it, but Tony and Manu are both Hall of Famers because of that system and being put in a place to win as much as they did. I like someone brought up uh Dan Tony and Steve Nash. That's Nash won two MVPs. Yeah. Yep. They didn't win a title, but they didn't win a title, but he won two MVPs yep. there and that was you know they just couldn't play defense, but but offensively, Steve Nash was a monster. Someone who says, uh, "Is that Scotty Bowman and the Detroit Red Wings?" I see on the Specs X line. Is that what this says there? Yeah. All right. I Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow is a good example, actually, too. Yeah. College football has a good a lot of them. Vincent, Greg Davis. I mean, that, it really was. I mean, I think college football actually may have more to identify than that would be. That would be fair. For. Yeah, that would be just, fair too. Because right? if you got a transcendent quarterback. 
coming yeah, in with Baker a great Mayfield, coaching. Lincoln Riley. Exactly. I'm sorry, I no longer fans don't want to hear that, but that's actually true. But He's, then you look at Lincoln kept <laughs> exactly, doing it. Exactly, so, so there is that, so is that Yeah, Lincoln <laughs> kept doing it. That's a great point. So it's more yeah. Lincoln than anybody else. Amen, brother. So. You're right. That's the point. That's, that's yeah. why I think it's an interesting conversation. It's yeah. like, is... You know, I can't. Because Andy did go to the Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb. He did, but he couldn't. He couldn't get over the hump with those guys. Until he got, and he was basically an average playoff coach before he got with Mahomes. Yep. And now he's extraordinary. That's fair. That's fair. It's you know it it is. Like I said, there's you know. I'll throw you one more out that's current right now. McVay and Cooper Cup. Is a weird Ooh, I one. I like that. But that's that, something that you're taking away that's the quarterback. That's non-traditional, that's good. Yeah. but I like that. I like that. Yeah, yeah. but I mean, like, I he like does that. not seem like a guy who would be the best receiver in football. Yeah. And he was for a season, at least. It's funny that the you best say receiver that. In football. I like that, man. Yeah. That's a good one. That is, that's interesting. Yeah, you said going away from the, just the quarterback yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, but going kind of outside. Yeah, I'm with you. I, I just think it's an interesting conversation. I was talking to a friend of mine about it uh, last night. And I, the comparison I made, strangely enough, was I said basically Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes remind me, basically reminds me of when Dr. Dre found Eminem. Like, Dr. Dre was always talented. I mean, look what he did with NWA. Look what he did when he found Snoop. Nothing but a G thing. I mean, it was great. But when he found an elite, like, talent, yeah, like, lyrical, just phenomenon. Took him to the next level. I mean, hell, Marshall Mathers LP sold 25 million copies. It's the, it's the basically, Eminem became the highest selling rapper of all time. Sold more rap albums than any other rapper ever when he and Dr. Dre got together with the Marshall. Internationally, too. Internet, with the Marshall yeah. Mathers LP and with the Eminem show. Yep. I mean, it just it took over, took hip hop by storm. Mm. But it was because Dr. Dre, ultimate talent scheme wise, behind the scenes, found the ultimate on field talent, on mic talent in a guy like Eminem. Same thing happened, honestly, when Quincy Jones found Michael Jackson. When Quincy Jones and Michael Jackson get, got together, it, that's when Motown took off. It took it took the music world yeah. by storm. Gary Indiana. I mean, basically, those album Thriller is. You know, basically go off the wall, sold over 20 million copies worldwide, made it one of the best-selling albums of all time. Thriller became one of the best-selling albums of all time, 32 million copies worldwide. Um, hell, I mean, it just got to that point where when every time they did something, uh, it, it was great. Yeah. Like it was not only great, it was iconic. I think Bad was the other album they did that sold like 35 million copies worldwide. That's what Andy Reid marrying his scheme with Patrick Mahomes' talent reminds me of. That and there was no stopping it. There was no ceiling. The potential was unlimited when you got those types of talents together. And yes, like I said, we've seen it before in sports at other levels, but it always ends up becoming legendary. And I just think we're watching it right now. Somebody just, you know, <laughs> they said that Jim Kelly and Marv Levy. Would that be considered that? They didn't win the championship. They did but not. They, but, but they kept getting to the Super Bowl. They did actually. Yeah, that's an interesting story because they took they actually stayed, they took the sugar huddle from the Cincinnati Bengals at the time. They made a big stink out of the, the hurry-up offense, the no-huddle yep. offense, which the Cincinnati Bengals were the ones that popularized at the time. And matter of fact, Marv Levy and the Buffalo Bills, they made something, they actually, they actually, not, not joking about this, they actually threatened to protest a playoff game. Yeah. Because they, they thought the Bengals were basically violating the rules of the NFL with their hurry-up, no-huddle offense. Um, didn't matter. I think the Cincinnati Bengals actually didn't huddle up in that game. 
and they still end up beating Buffalo. Right. But if you can't beat them, join them. The ironic, the irony of that is Buffalo took the sugar huddle, the no huddle offense from Cincinnati, and turned it into the K gun, and went to four straight Super Bowls with it. Mm. <laughs> so they were like, "Damn it, we cannot beat this damn system, this concept." So you know what? Let's take it and run with it, and it'll become ours. And they did, and they did it with Jim Kelly. And you're right; that's another great example of marrying the perfect talent or the ideal talent with the ideal. Speed. Yeah, you got to make it happen, and yeah. and they went out there and did that. So mm. that's great. That's a great. Uh, thinking process that you're going through to try to find out how it's going to work and what's going to be the best uh, grouping together, the best pairing. And I love the fact of, of, of Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes because what he's doing in such a short period of time, if they can have that longevity, that's the other part of it. There's going to be some changes mm-hmm. around them, and we saw one this year, but what do we see in the next year? That's what I'm thinking about. I agree with you on that. Yeah. All right, what you got for the people coming up a Hard Knock Life? We're going to talk a little bit of baseball. It's right around the corner, and there's a bunch of rule changes that are now going to be put in place, and it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Uh, I like that. Ooh, Belton Gringo says John Wooden, Kareem, Bill Walton. And Bill Walton, and all of UCLA. I like that. (laughs) Yeah. That's not not bad, not bad. Uh, All right, uh, keep them coming on the Sex Line. We'll come right back with Hard Knock Life right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Now, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of your own speak my man. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a Top of the Charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie, a Valentine's edition no, my man Patrick is not playing Valentine's song. He's playing mm-hmm. number one songs that were hitting the top of the chart on this day throughout our history. That's right. It's my boy. You can follow me on Twitter at Harbaugh Hards. You can follow my boy Rob Babers at Rob Babers. And, of course, the man behind the glass that's in charge of all of our themes around here at It's Patrick Davis. We love when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. And we love some of the responses that we have been getting. Uh, One of my favorite is the Astros and the Trash Cans. Ghost Uh, Millie Vanilli was a dynamic, historic duo. Uh, (laughs) And, of course, our favorite. Come on, guys. Bucky and Aaron. That's, That's a duo That's that a has stood one. the test of time. It's and they've good. won awards as well. It's damn good. I love it. I love it. I like that. Uh, baseball season is right around the corner as we start to wrap up football, the offseason. Football never stops, by the way. Just want to make sure we understand that. Mm-hmm. We've got basketball that is hitting its stride right now. we got the All-Star game this weekend. And I believe there's only like 20-something games that are left until the end of the regular season when they start making their move in the playoffs. But as usual, baseball is right here for us. And one of the biggest things is obviously pitchers and catchers reported. But this weekend, a lot of things have happened because baseball season starts this Friday. This Friday, I'll be at Globe Life Field up in nice. Arlington uh, doing uh, working for Flow Baseball. But the Texas Longhorns, Arkansas Razorbacks, who kick off the season to start it off Friday night, Vanderbilt will be there. Um, um, TCU will be there, Oklahoma State will be there, and Missouri will be there. And there is going to be a lot of quality in Arkansas. Arkansas Mm -hmm. is a team that you're going to have to pay attention to because 
They are young, but they are loaded, and they're going to continue to grow. But there are so many changes that are starting to happen in the game, and I want to start on the major league level because we've had this conversation before, but now it's being implemented as the rules have changed as we go. The new rule uh, regarding the shift. You know, we've talked about this yep. before, and I kept saying, why aren't guys bunting? Uh, why wouldn't mm-hmm. you just bunt to get a hit because you want to get on base? And it kind of goes back to our conversation we had earlier when we talked to Gene Watson. We were talking about the lost art of the stolen base. We had the beautiful mm-hmm. running of the triple. None of that is happening because now – Guys want to hit for average. I mean, want to hit for power. They're trying to lift the ball out of the yard. Home runs bring money. And so they're trying to figure out how they can get involved with that. But they also have created more strikeouts, times of the game. So things have changed. So when you shift, that means that guys can play like a rover position in the outfield. A second baseman can get out there Mm -hmm. deep. Uh, shortstop normally pulls all the way over to the second base side. You move your third baseman to the shortstop position. There's so many different ways that this can happen, and then you reverse it on the other side when you want to play a pull hitter to the uh, left-handed side of the field, uh, right-handed batter. So now they have decided that you cannot shift anymore. No, You can't play with a shift, so you have to have two position players on each side of the diamond and – you have to have both feet on the dirt. Hmm. You can't play a deep second base or a deep shortstop or a deep third base. You have to play with your feet on the dirt, which to me, I'm like, come on, man. Can I? I'm, I'm playing on the <laughs> right side of the field. Let me go ahead and play deep when I want to, and that way I can figure mm-hmm. that out. But, no, you have to have both feet on the dirt, which is new to the game. And how it's going to be enforced if the hitting team reaches base and the runners advance on a hit ball under the violation, the game proceeds without penalty. If the play of any other consequences and out a sacrifice, uh, the hitting team can either decide to accept the penalty, which is I mean, like, what are we doing? Football? Mm. You're going to throw a challenge flag at this? <laughs> or they can decline it and let the play stand, which is crazy to me. They've also decided – that they want bigger bases out there. Yeah. Three more inches or bigger. Hey, every inch counts. Come on now. Every man knows we that. We already know what that's, that's about. That's you know? Yeah. <laughs> Got to get it all <laughs> out there. Got to get it there. all out there, man. So then <laughs> they've decided that they're going to do that. So you start looking around, and we've seen this in softball before, and, and if you coached at a different level where you were coaching youth baseball or softball, mm. you know that they've had this extra base on the backside. So when you're running to first base – you're not running into the first baseman. Okay. You're giving a base on the backside so you can be clear there's no accidents. Well, now stealing bases is going to be different because you're going to be there a lot closer. Mm-hmm. Um, there's going to be a lot of changes that are going with that. So it's going to be an adjustment period for all of the coaches and everyone else that are involved with it. But going back to the shift, what the the league have seen over the years, league-wide the batting average was down to 243 and in that is the lowest since 1968. Wow. And I told you this before, Rod, but a lot of that goes back to what these coaches have, not these coaches, but a lot of these hitting instructors is teaching these guys to hit the ball out of the park, lift and separate, mm-hmm. make sure. And nobody really cares about putting the ball in play near as much as we once did. I mean, I, I told you before, like – the owners would come over and the GMs would be like, hey, hard, you learn how to hit that ball to right field yet? You stand behind that thing. We'd like mm-hmm. to see you hit it the opposite way. That means you're going to cut down on those strikeouts. If 
I was playing in today's game, hey, your man. boy would be something. I'm telling you, your boy would be something. That 243, woo, Get give paid. me more money, more Get money, paid. more money. But, yeah, you start to look at that. And it also shows a lack of plate discipline as well because the game has changed so much. And now you want to try to figure out what is this going to do to the game. Me personally, I believe now that you don't have a shift and you got bigger bases, Mm -hmm. I think the runs are going to be more. I think the game is going to be more exciting for some of these people. I think guys are now going to see their averages start to go up. As I said, 243 across the league is a terrible batting average. And if you were batting that back in the day, you wouldn't be even playing the game that much. You'd be out of the game. Mm -hmm. So now you're going to make it all happen to where the game is going to be, number one, there's going to be more runs that are involved. You're going to see batting averages go up, and you're going to see more runners being driven in. This might be something that's beautiful for a guy like Jordan Alvarez if, mm. you're, an, if you're an Astros fan. Go, uh, you start looking at Joey Gallo, a guy that, oh, you, I get paid to hit the ball out of the park. Now Joey Gallo might go up there and actually have some watchable at-bats. He mm. did change it a little bit when he went to the Dodgers, but now he has that opportunity. Um, and the other thing that is being implemented implemented is a pitch clock. Yeah, a I like pitch that. Clock, man, look, Come on, man. for a guy that has called some baseball games that have been four and a half hours, it's crazy. This is something that I'm excited about. This is something that I'm looking at and saying, okay, how does this going to work as you start to work on holding runners on first base, doing different things to try to mm-hmm. uh, change the pace in which you are pitching? Because a lot of times you that's the cat and mouse of the game, right? Agreed. That's how the strategy is involved. So all of that is about to change. In the minor leagues, it has been more effective because it has sped the games up and actually done good in the minor leagues. We remember when we talked to mm-hmm. um, Mike Caps, the voice of the Round Rock Express, he was talking about that games are being done in like two and a half hours when before you were out there for three and a half, maybe four hours. They were cutting games almost in half, and that's what they're hoping for because you know as well as I do, especially for the casual baseball fan, it's something that you're like, oh, yeah, I'll be able to watch this. I'll be able to do this because it's not taking up my entire time. But the the purest of the game are like baseball is the one sport that has never had a time clock on it. I know, but you got to be able to – the the problem with baseball is your your fans are getting older and therefore – that's a bad thing. Fifty percent right, right. of baseball fans Correct. are fifty-five and older. Correct. That's a bad thing. You got to yep. start getting your demo of your just a basic demo of your fans younger and younger people only yep. have the attention span of a goldfish. I'm not making that up. That is true. That's research. Right. That's nine seconds. You ain't got a lot of time. That's why all the TikToks and all the videos yeah, they quick, try to make them quick. It's quick, fast, man. Yep. Yep. So I agree. And by the way, football games are just as long as baseball games. They are, but it's about the action in the game. So pace. Right. Pace is different than the length. Pace right? is definitely so the motion. That. It ain't about the size of the boat, but the motion in the ocean. Yeah. Baseball, the motion in the ocean also sucks. Sometimes football's got football's got better motion. Listen, baseball, I did a four and a half hour game. Remember, yeah. I told you, I'm like, man, I, yeah. What am I going to talk about for that long? Baseball actually has more action probably than football does. Correct, because everything is personal. Yeah, exactly. But football's able time. to present it a little bit better with the yeah. pace of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. When you talk about taking someone to a game and repeat business of people coming back to more games, great point. If you're like, man, I went with my kids, and by the third inning, they already want to go home. But it's like, oh, now they want to go home in the seventh. And I'm like, well, no, this is the fun part watching. We're going to finish the game. 
and you get through nine innings, you're like, oh, man, we had a fun time because yep. we watched the whole game. I want to go back now versus, man, that was a nightmare for four innings yep. because my kids melted but down. They were bored as and hell. I, well, yeah. I'm bored now, too. Ding, 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 ding. Totally agree. And the like, kids I, I get are it. the most important part, the kids going are the back key. to your part. Yeah. Yeah, because I went to a, a, a Express game last year, and I was like, hey, guys, we're going to leave probably in the seventh inning, right after the seventh inning stretch. We're going to start leaving. <laughs> Negotiating yeah, with yeah, yeah, I was telling everybody. <laughs> I already told, the I told, day, told, the, I told the ballet to pull the car around. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I ain't have no ballet. I got good parking there. <laughs> but as I was getting ready to do that, next thing I'd look up, and I'm like, we're already in the seventh inning. Like, it was happening yeah, so fast. that's good. And I was like, well, we're going to stay for the whole thing now because I don't have to worry about getting the kids home for sleeping mm-hmm. to get ready for school the yep. next day. It's a lot that has gone into it. And it's the the constant movement of the game made Great it point. easy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Action, so man. They need action. to be. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and that's what, that's what some of this is going to happen. And they can only throw the ball over to first base a certain amount of times. There's oh. times with that. And there's only a couple times that you can disengage with the rubber, whether you're stepping off hmm. or coming back in or you're missing up signs. There's a lot of things you won't be able to shake off as many pitches hmm. during that time. You're going to have to go with what you feel, and it's going to speed up the game that way. Interesting. And, and, and that is the biggest thing for me, the time of the game and how long the games are lasting Agreed. Uh, for the attention span of not just the purists, but the novice too, right? Some yep. of the guys, the casual people that want to, I'm going to go hang out with my friends. Oh, I'm going to go up into the suite and watch the game, and next thing you know, the game is almost over, and then mm-hmm. people are more um, they're more in tune to sticking around instead of being drawn out. Beer sales are going to change too because that's going to be one of the things too because the game is going to be over a lot quicker. So beer salesmen are like, nah, man. Keep the games long. People are going to be here. Exactly. You know, you're going to have to try point. to figure I didn't it think out. think about that, but you're right. So there's a lot that goes into it. So those are some of the changes that are going to happen. There's more. Uh, the SEC came out with the new rule, too. The same thing with the pitch count. But, guys, are you're going to have 20 seconds to pitch. Uh, coaches are going to have two minutes and 30 seconds to make a pitching change. You are not going to be able to stall in the game. You're going to have to make sure – that your guys are prepared and ready to go before anything else. No, I, I like I, I like the moves, man. I think they, you know, even if you're not going to stick with them permanently, yeah. why not just experiment with them? I, I love the NFL because I always say the NFL is one of the most experimental leagues on the planet. They'll change a rule, and then they'll gauge the public like sentiment or the public response to it. They'll change the damn rule back. Right. They changed the damn catch rule like four times. Yeah. And NFL, they didn't even get it right in the Super Bowl. And they still ain't get it right. right, exactly. right. NFL will change a rule. They'll change rules if they usually do it and we talk about it all the time. I think more leagues should go, you know what, let's just let's, let's tweak it. If it's bad, we'll go back the next year. Who cares? Yeah, you gotta let's make some see. changes. Yeah. If yeah. It, the NFL believes if it ain't broke, fix it anyway. Yep. That's what they believe. And honestly, it works for them. Yeah, I always feel MLB, there's a lot of people like I'll watch a watch a game start in the seventh inning. Yep. Just because you're like, I know how long the game is. And and I can tell I can go look at the score and go oh that one's five seven let me flip over there because maybe that'll they'll come back some or if it's a blowout I don't watch it at all but you can go in in those last innings so there's part of it where it's like you it, it may suck if you're only watching seven if you're only watching seven through nine mm-hmm. and it goes fast and you're like oh man that was quick but that just means I have to start watching earlier in the game it doesn't necessarily take away the game like 
it doesn't take away the thing as bad as people Agreed. are making it seem as does. Yeah, because the listen, the NFL's dealing with the uh, lack of attention span of Americans too. That's why they have the red zone channel. They decided yeah, oh, to just yeah. say cave in. They're like, you know what? We can't get people to watch the whole damn game. They want to tune in for when the team's getting ready to score or when it matters. They don't want to watch the whole damn drive. All right, screw it. Give them the red zone channel. And people love it. People yeah. love it. Yeah. It's just about them. Oh, they've been ready to score? All right, give me that. I don't people, they don't even watch games anymore. They just watch the right. red zone all day. And I'm like, that's what you do? Like, yeah, I watch eight hours of red zone. It's awesome. I'm like, you I know why? Because most of the people have fantasy. That's true. Fantasy implications. Yeah. That's why they're watching. The red red zone. I agree. Lot. Baseball's yeah. got fantasy. Yeah, Nobody. they do. But we ain't got, <laughs> and we do, and we do, and we do have yeah. a red zone. The MLB box. Do we they? do have a Where lot the teams of teams getting ready yeah. to like get a run in yeah. or something like that. Certain yeah. situation. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like the changes. I think they're necessary, but uh, we'll see if they end up being successful. All right, we come back. Rihanna's halftime show ratings and the Super Bowl ratings are in. Yeah, I, some, there's a reason I mentioned Rihanna first. We'll come back yeah, and talk yeah. about that right here. Baldo Loud, what if we're not in the horn? D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn. We got the Super Bowl ratings in, gentlemen. Also, we have the uh, ratings for the halftime show uh, in. And um, I'm not going to lie, I was a little surprised. Turns out, Super Bowl uh, ratings, by the way, 113 million people watched the Super Bowl. Yep. Um, so uh, the final number, Linda, at 113, makes it the third most watched Super Bowl ever. And the most watched Super Bowl since uh, 2017, the 2017 Super Bowl. The all-time record continues to be held by, um, I believe, the 2015 Super Bowl, 114.5 million viewers for that one. But they came close. Honestly, you could argue if they don't get that dumb uh, holding call. Right. And it, 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 it ends up just being a drive, a regular drive, and then Philadelphia gets a chance to have a game-winning drive or a, a chance to tie the game. They probably would have beat the record, guys. Yep. Because like, I think yeah. that's where the rating kind of trailed off. Because I, I got, I was disinterested after that too. I was like, oh, guess game over. Yeah. yeah. And that was like the last what two minutes of the game was something yeah. like that. I, I had, I had the squares. They hit the field goal. Oh, so so you were, I was very interested, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you want some straight cash on me? Good yeah, for yeah, you. You know. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I was a you know, so I'm not surprised by the rating at all. It was a really good game. It was competitive the whole damn time. Right. And um, hard to find a game that's competitive all the way down to the wire like that, and it was. Uh, but one of the most surprising things about the uh, Super Bowl halftime show is that the ratings for the Super Bowl halftime show actually were higher than the ratings for the Super Bowl. Is it? This is why I don't think it's a surprise. At least more viewers. I should this say. is why I don't more think viewers. it's. This is why I don't think it's surprising. Because. All right, so there are people who will tune in just for the halftime show because oh, they're not plenty, football fans. Plenty. Who's turning off the game? Who's watching the game and goes, I am so opposed to Rihanna. I will turn it <laughs> off. Tell me when it's over. I So, like, That's a good every point. single person who was watching the game saw the halftime show, and then they added in people that don't care about football. But, it was, like, there was probably half of those people did not care about that. Like, I didn't care. I, it was fine. But I wasn't like I was like, oh man, I gotta sit down and watch this. I sat down and watched the whole game. Mm. 
So I think the ratings-wise. That's a great point, though. You got my rating for the halftime show. I did not come for the halftime show. Yeah. Right. Nah, that's a really good point. I never thought about that, too. Yeah, not a lot of people are. No one's know, tuning out. out. <laughs> yeah. Like, Turning remember when there out. used to be all the other channels would try and put on, like, counter-program the halftime? Oh, yeah, like the Puppy Bowl and stuff like well, that? Well, no, yeah. but there was, like, but they would have, like, MTV would have something. Oh, yes. And yes, then, yes, like, yes, everyone like would have. performance. Yeah, they kind. would have yeah. counter-programming to go, oh, you know, people don't like this. That doesn't really exist as much anymore. So there is no real tune-out value. Yeah. And you know what I just thought about? There was no Nickelodeon this time. Oh, they not do it this time? They didn't do the, the Nobody, simulcast? I didn't, hear, I didn't hear any promotions. Yeah, I didn't hear I, did, I mean. Oh, it might be because uh, they're not a Fox and them or may not uh, be by, okay. owned by the same people. So there's probably a rights issue with it. That's a good point. That's a very valid point. Yeah. 118.7 million viewers uh, across TV and digital platforms tuned in for Rihanna's halftime show. So, yeah. Second yeah. most watched Super Bowl halftime performance on record and the most watched since Katy Perry, 2015. Okay. There you go. Nice. Some people didn't like the halftime no, show. No, I, I'll, I'll, give, I'll give her credit. That there is a ton of people who tuned in just to watch her. Oh, my, my wife was really excited about Yeah, Rihanna so I know that people were very excited. I don't want to take away. I am just saying that those numbers, are. they're like, I can't believe it did better. Like, who turns it off? Or yeah, some people Lily's admit just says some people turned it on for the halftime show and yeah, like yeah. you said turned it nobody, off. But nobody else turned off the game for the halftime. Did you see the that was actually great, great, great a, a bar stool story and it was it was from social media. There was a flight. Um you know you can get you can get television on flights now. Yeah. And every basically he took a picture. And I everybody, saw that. oh, you saw I this? I saw that. Yeah. Everybody on the flights watching the Super Bowl. He took a picture like yeah, yeah. overseas. Everybody's watching the Super Bowl except for one guy. And you know the movie that one guy was watching? Hitch. Oh. <laughs> with Will, the, rom- the rom-com with Will Smith. Oh, it's nice to know that Kevin James has to take a flight during the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. like, man, that dude, either he's sitting there to a woman he's trying to hit on. Like, what is your deal? Yeah, is, it, is there a single woman out there that if you were like, no, let me watch Hitch instead of, <laughs> that that woman would not think less of you? <laughs> When they're like, dude, come on, why, why Hitch of all movies? That'd be a bad. If you're uh, gonna skip the Super Bowl when everybody around you's watching the Super Bowl on the flight, why not choose a better programming yeah. than Hitch? Or you know uh, what? Take a nap. Uh, yeah, do that. Take a quick a nap, nap, real quick. <laughs> nap I'm not, in. I'm not much of a reader, but I might pick up a book on that point. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Let another, me go ahead and take a nap, real quick. All better options than watching Hitch during uh, Super Bowl Sunday. You know what? You know what? Super Bowl <laughs> yeah. Sunday. Time to catch up on my Will Smith movies that weren't popular. <laughs> the Will Smith rom-com. Where's Kevin James Kevin at? Kevin I need to go see Kevin James real quick. Yeah, and guys. Because nope. I thought it was uh, Sean Payton. <laughs> <laughs> no BS, though. That is one of my wife's like top rom-coms, randomly. She was not going to watch it on a flight during Rihanna's performance. Oh, hell no. My wife be yeah. watching the Super Bowl. That's why I married her. Exactly. It. But it is one of her favorite rom-coms, so she loves freaking Hitch. Anytime it's on, she's going to watch it. I'll, I'll, be, like I'll be honest. It. I've never watched it. I probably never will. You know what? It's not terrible, but, you know, yeah, I'm not going to watch it during the Super Bowl. I, I bet I could tell you every joke that's about to be said about four minutes before it happens. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, pretty much. But it does have a couple of really good funny parts, like okay. two or three. Yeah. The one with Kevin James dancing actually is pretty damn good. Yeah. Uh, all right. We'll come back. We got Texas. We're just trying to stall. We don't, we don't want to talk Texas basketball, but we have to, and we will. Coming up next, they lost to Texas Tech. We'll break it down from every different angle. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 Horn.